Listener Production. Whether it's a smoothie at 7am, French toast at 4pm or a bacon and egg roll at midnight, this is the podcast for you. It's delicious. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Found 100 bucks on the ground yesterday. You're joking. <laughs> no. Walking In- along and Woods goes, is that real? I go, what? I look down, 250s. I'm like, ah, it'd be paper Two. or something. Pick it up. Two pineapples into the posh. Thank you. That should be the new invested strategy. I mean, stuff investing in nuggets. Just invest in finding money on the ground. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, growing up, I always wanted a metal detector. (laughs) I honestly thought there would be nothing cooler than to scour the beach for lost jewels or needles. Yeah. (laughs) You have said that before. And I, I think I said at the time, those aren't the cool people at the beach. You know, if you go yeah. down, hey, guys, let's go down to the beach. You're not the cool person down let's there. Let's go to Lobster Bay and, <laughs> and search for lost coins. And search for some lost lobsters. So what are you going to do with the money, man? More nuggets. I mean, we've, we've only spent this week $24 on nuggets, Matt. But if you head to the link in our Instagram bio, you can bid on these incredibly rare chicken nuggets that look like things. And I tell you what, this is doing much better than your buddy fake portfolio in your wallet and your blockchain, Matt. My rare Johnny Bravo chicken nuggets has had 150 views, seven bids. It's at $4.25. What? <laughs> at the time are you of record, kidding me? I'm not joking. We are popping off right now. Well, you, I mean, to be fair, you, you've got $13 at least to go, but this is <laughs> this is outrageous. I've got Han Solo up there stuck in... Um, what is it? Carbon? What's Carbonite. Solo- yep. Look, Carbonite. You've had, you've had one bid. There is one person watching the uh, watching the item. You're at ninety nine cents. So you're going to make it, and you're going to double your money on that nugget because it worked out they were fifty cents each. So you're doubling your money, Matt O'Connor. Damn! Hit the hit the dealership today. Ben's Ben. Wait, Beamer Benz or Bentley? Whichever you prefer. It'll be whichever fine. One, whichever one will take my nuggets. Hey, um, we've got a huge show today. By the way, very excited to be chatting to one of the all-time showbiz greats of this country. Mm. Uh, You might not have known, uh, having watched him for years on today's show, reporting so many incredible uh, showbiz stories, you might, in interviewing so many incredible international guests, you might have known that his his origins started in music. Yes, or you might know him as someone who's nicked your chippies because Richard Wilkins is going to be joining us today. Uh, We are, much like a nugget sauce, going to be a little bit sweet and sour on him because we're very impressed with the music he's been able to bring out, but we do have a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to a a historic gold-class screening in which we're pretty sure... He nicked some hot chips destined for us. So, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous for him coming on. But we're going to front up and we are going to ask him direct to his face what yeah, he has no to say No more dancing around the subject. Let's hit him hard and fast. <laughs> That'll be coming up very soon. This is Matt and Alex. All day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex. All day breakfast. So, Matt. Well, you still can't travel overseas, but the Pollies are in London at the moment, living it up for the G7 in Cornwall. Have you been to Cornwall before? Uh, no, but I do know a couple of Cornish rappers doing it directly. <laughs> That's a reference that absolutely no one will understand. Well, but uh, it's, it's a Cornish reference. <laughs> Shout out to Head Love and Passman. Doing it directly. Um, uh, they are over there, you know, 
making the most of their time, uh, seeing what we're going to do with the world. Uh, Greta Thunberg, not so happy that they're um, not doing a heap for climate change. Um, but there's free trade agreements going around and uh, new president of America, Joe Biden, met with Queen Elizabeth II, making him the 13th president to meet with the Queen. It's an unlucky number. Have you seen the photos of, of Queen Elizabeth with all the presidents? No, but I've apparently, um, apparently she gives them drop scones. Seriously? That's what, that's what wins all the presidents over. Well, she met Harry S. Truman back when he was president between 1949 and 1961. And since then, met with Eisenhower, met with John F. Kennedy, met with Richard Nixon, met with Gerald R. Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama. Donald Trump in his famous meeting where he walked ahead of her and the British were like, bah. Um, And now Joseph R. Biden has met with the Queen. And she's been the same ruler the entire time and all these dudes have cycled through and she's uh, outlasted. So it was like when I was on Triple J Breakfast. You got your Ballard. You got your O'Kine. It stopped there, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I've, I know exactly know- what it feels like, Queen. Do you know what it would be like for the Queen? It's like when you're um, scrolling through Facebook and you see your your Facebook friends with one of your friends' like ex-partners from when they were 20. Yeah. And you're like, I'd have no connection to you anymore whatsoever at all, but you're still yeah. kind of in my feed. Like the Queen would be doing that on her facey. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, there's... Do you reckon, do you reckon she's got a private Facebook? <laughs> there's, there's George Bush, the first... But yeah, so just wonder what he's up to. Blows my mind that she was queen and met John F. Kennedy in the sixties, um, and is still the queen and is meeting Joe Biden, Donald, Donald Trump. But there is a bit of a shame here um, because uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was president between Kennedy and Nixon, he, he was there for six years, didn't meet the queen. What? Why it's not? A bit of a shame. I don't know if I don't know if he snubbed her or she snubbed him. But no, he was the. He was the on one out, and he'd be he'd be pretty devo looking on Facebook, seeing all these these other presidents, <laughs> seeing fourteen getting... mutual friends with the Queen, and then <laughs> and then being like, "Why is my ad? Why don't I have a selfie <laughs> with Lizzie?" It's pretty pretty lame being the oh, um, the odd one out there. Oh man, that's uh, I mean, I can't think of any time that I've missed out on something. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can. Astri- what what I can the year two thousand. Oh, Matt O'Kine. Very, very big day. I mean, this would have, was December um, in the year 2000, okay? And I was in year six, finishing primary school, right? Mm. And it's that big, big day where everyone grabs a texter, goes around and signs everyone's jumpers. And, you know, the special year six jumper at that, okay? The old Warnable Primary School, brown and yellow <laughs> uniforms. Okay, we got it. Honestly... We've got to talk about brown and yellow uniforms, okay? Because <sighs> Warrnambool's not the only school that does it, yeah. but what are you thinking? I don't know who came up <laughs> who with that. Who thinks it looks good? But it's certainly brown not good when you're at the inter-school a- sports. <laughs> you're getting called poos and wees. I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that, that's a topic for another day. We do need to get onto that. So get in touch with your crappy school uniforms. Anyway, <laughs> I was, um, yeah, everyone going around. The end of an era. People going off to different high schools everywhere, signing tears. the jumpers. There's tears, isn't there? We're, oh my god, this will be the last time we'll see each other. Twelve years old, six years in primary school, at least. 
been there for half your life. <laughs> you know, this is momentous. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I had a younger sister uh, the year below me coming through, needed a year six jumper. Dyson family heirloom getting handed down. So I couldn't sign it. Oh, no. Because I needed to pass it on to her. No. So everyone's signing their jumper and the people, oh, oh. remember people running up to me. <laughs> hey, so what are you signing? I'm like, no, 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 please use this. And I had to, <laughs> had to bring out like from Spotlight, I got one of those white signing dogs and I'm like, sign oh, my dog. Oh, no. <laughs> sign this <laughs> Signing puppy. You should have broken um, your arm and, and then had like a cast. At least they could have. I tell you what, it would have scribbled been, on. Would have been less painful than having to explain that to all these people and them like go, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, yeah. Um, anyway, I turned out all right in the end. That was that was fine. I, well, you know, me and Lyndon Johnson, we feel a little bit left out, but I'm sure he got a photo with the Queen of Sweden or something like that. It was just going good enough, isn't it? <laughs> The well, ki- let us the know. The king of Liechtenstein <laughs> when, selfie. <laughs> when have you been? When have you been, poor old Lyndon or Dyson? <laughs> when have you? When have you missed out? Mm, let us know at Matt dot Coffee, yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. Alex Dyson, for you know, I've lived in uh, my apartment for mm, ten years now. Yeah, it's a ten, man. Yeah. It's jumped up. Um, a lot of memories in those in that house. Some good, some bad. Well, you know, when I first moved in, someone lived in the house directly opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I uh, you know, it was an old elderly person. I believe they've since either moved out or you know, passed away. Sadly, um, you don't know which. I don't know which. They just one day the lights just stopped turning on. Okay, you, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Has anyone been in there no, since? No, 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 no. Okay, so so then, right, then it was just empty see, for a... Was the moving van a very sort of long, uh, low vehicle <laughs> no, with no, no, flowers in it? Come on, come Did on. Did they have to move a lot of flowers and a, and a large Come on. Box? So it stayed the same as it was for quite a while, okay? Okay. There was not a body decaying in the house because if there was, it would have sold for $2 million and been on the news, I'm sure of it. Okay, so it stayed the same as it was for a long time, all right? Then, after a while, someone must have bought it. They started doing it up again, okay? All right, bit of reno. Yeah, a bit of a reno. Then it was empty for years. Just done up, but just no one living there. It was done up there. for about two years and then it was just empty. And for this, for, for probably eight out of the ten years that I've lived there, haven't had anyone directly opposite me, all right? Is the apartments like a direction opposite apartment? Yeah, well, it's, it's just right like a, a terrace house. Gotcha. You know, I'm looking over a house. I mean, there's one that's full, but the one that's directly opposite my mm-hmm. apartment, yeah, it's been empty until a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. People are moving in. That's when good neighbours <laughs> become good friends. Now, I don't know much about them, okay? Uh so they, you know, I know that sometimes they do Pilates in the backyard. What? Um, I know. It makes me it annoyed because when they moved in, I was like, oh, here comes a party house. And instead they're just... Pilates house. Yeah, it's a Pilates house. We like to Pilates. We like, we like to Pilates. <laughs> but I forget all the time. So I'm like, I'm very used to not having any neighbours across. Uh-oh. So all the things I used to do without any worries... 
now I'm like, oh, well, you know, my my gym shorts are downstairs on the little horse, you know, clothes horse, and normally just do the little little nudie run, you yeah, know, exactly. down the stairs, across the lounge room. Yeah. Now, well, that's out the window, literally, because there's someone out the window who can see me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, similar. Moved into apartment, start of the year. Person sits across. It's almost like they're... It's like, it's like that they're sitting at a desk and they're like a putting together Pinocchio at the desk or something. It's like Geppetto is across the road from me <laughs> making things. Because it's got one of those lights that looks down at the desk. They're always sitting at the desk directly <laughs> looking, looking out the window <laughs> at our house. <laughs> and well, yeah, you just got to be very careful. I know. And it's not their fault. They're just existing no. in their house. And I'm like, but I, you know, and I don't know what they might see anymore. Like, so now I've got to rethink about how I live. Mm. And the only reason why I bring it up is because the other day, um, Belle and I were walking home from dinner. We had dinner with Sophia, you know, early dinner, about 5.30, 6 o'clock, or maybe 6.30 by the time we're walking out. It's dark, Sunday night. Okay. We walk, we're walking along Sydney streets, you know, the terraces, their doors and lounge rooms, you know, the windows are right on the street. Yeah, you open the door, you conk someone in the face. Exactly. <laughs> so we're close. walking by and I walk past a house and Belle's like, you know, a little bit behind me with the pram and she walks past as well. And then we just... We both look at each other and and Belle goes, wow, that that lady was really licking her plate. <laughs> right? Because <And, laughs> we both, and we both saw it. We both walked directly past this kitchen and this lady was sitting opposite either a friend or her partner or something and was absolutely <laughs> giving this plate <laughs> the full service. I'll tell you that. The full much. Sylvester. <laughs> Okay. Old, and like not a single bit of this plate was unlicked. And it was like, oh, man. I mean, so it made me think, what have you seen through the window or, or who's through your window? You know? Oh, I'll give you alternative. <laughs> what have you seen someone lick? Like, <laughs> so you remember. What, do you know Grade someone? four. This is Maris's <laughs> class, all right? From the canteen. I, I could say his full name because I remember it, as you do everyone in primary school. <laughs> but this kid... His name was Paul. Yeah. But he used to get um, two dimmies from the canteen. Oh, the dim sims. Yeah, yum. Yeah, two dimmies with the soy sauce. So they drizzled the soy on right, mm. into, the, right into the glad bag. Once he'd eat, done eating the dimmies, he used to drink the soy from the bag. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And turn the bag inside out and lick the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tell you but what, he... <laughs> Gave that soy bag a good tongue lashing. There was not a drop of the bean left. Oh, the this. old French kiss right into every corner. I every bet. nook and cranny. I mean, I've licked ice cream bowls before. I'm going to be, I'm going to put my hand up. I am not going to shy away and say I don't do that. But um, yeah, try not to get caught through the window. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like we were doing it on, but we weren't staring. I didn't have the binoculars or anything. We just were walking home. Yeah. It was unmistakable. So let us know, what have you seen or what have you licked? <laughs> Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast.
All right, Matt O'Kine, the time has come to welcome a gentleman to the show who has been an institution in Australian entertainment for many years. You may know him as the Nine Network's entertainment editor, but he was also the very first host of Australian MTV. He has toured with bands like In Excess and a little while ago, The Wild Years happened. And i got to tell you, it has been a pleasure listening through the tracks of Richard Wilde, who you may know as Mr. Richard Wilkins. He's joining us right now via Zoom. Hello, Richard. G'day, boys. Nice to be talking to you. Thanks for your support, and I appreciate all those uh, nice things you said, whether you mean them or not. (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) Hey, we're huge fans, Richard. We're absolutely huge fans. We would never say a single bad thing about you on this show. Oh, you're very generous. Um, Thank you very much indeed. Because there's two people as the in the entertainment industry, you know, go and talk and we've interviewed plenty of people over the years. Your career is one that we can only sort of dream of. Do you sort of pinch yourself at the, the sort of things you've been able to do throughout the years? Because, you know, being this musical star in, in the 70s and then going through and hosting MTV and then oh, we see you at the Oscars and the Grammys every year. It must be um, such a thrill to not only do that but have done it for such a long amount of time. Well, I've worked really hard over the years, you know, and there's an old saying that my granddad told me. He said that, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, and that's very true, and I try to instill that in my kids. But, you know, I was brought up with music. I played the violin from the age of seven. I sang in church choirs and stuff. I got a scholarship to this Toffee Boys boarding school in New Zealand where I was playing in the orchestra and singing in the choir, and then the Beatles came along, and I went, wow. And it wasn't just the screaming girls and the, the haircuts that obviously came <laughs> later. But, you know, I realised there was something kind of musical going on. So at that point, you know, I, I force, forsook my uh, my lofty ambitions of being a lawyer and just wanted to to play in a rock and roll band. And I did for a little while and, um, and now it's come back to revisit me uh, all these years down the track. But when I got the MTV gig, it just seemed like the perfect kind of marriage for what I'd done and what I wanted to do and you know here we are well let's talk about uh the the wild years you know uh, releasing uh a, the first single in the late 70s here for a good time let's have a listen well- shall we us a picture you know when that song first came out when you first wrote that song what, what were you what were you feeling? Who was Richard Wilde back then? Well, you know, I always wanted to come to Australia. Australia, for, for us Kiwis with any sort of ambition, you know, Australia lurked as the land of opportunity and Split Ends had come across here and Dragon and My Sex and, you know, they were all living the rock star dream. How hard could it be, right? So, you know, so <laughs> Had we... Dave Dobbin come at that point? Because that to <laughs> me was the, the peak New Zealanders <laughs> making it in Australia. What I didn't realise at the time was they were infinitely more talented and had much better songs <laughs> than I could dream of. But, you know, we gave it a whirl and I went into the studio to, uh, to, to with a couple of demos to for something to, to bring to Australia so I could show them the cut of my cloth when I got here. Um, and the, 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 the record or the studio said, you owe us $130 for your session time and all that. And I said, okay. <laughs> Thinking I was feeling hungry all of a sudden then. And then they said, well, listen, don't give us the 130 we want to release these songs as the first singles from our new fledgling, you know, label. And, um, and, and we, believe it or not, had, had a sort of a half a hit, at which point Polydor, which is now Universal, came knocking at the door and I signed an international record label. And here for a good time 
was the first song which became a, you know, a bit of a summertime hit in the, the, the hit year of 1977. And I, I do remember uh, driving along in my Tirana XU1. Don't pretend <laughs> you're not impressed by that. And, and they didn't come with very good sound systems, so you had to put it all in, you know, the woofer and the whole thing. Oh, yes. But to hear, to, but to hear that song um, on the radio, uh, you know, because it's still, it, you know, it was a nicely produced song. Um, I remember pulling over and turning it up to nine and three quarters and, um, you know, and just thinking that all my boyhood you dreams made had it. come true. That's it. it. And yeah. um, you mentioned those other big bands, Richard, but none of them, have I seen a video clip, we're halfway through, they whip out the violin and give their own solo. You do that in the Here for a Good Time song. Um, can you tell us what people thought about you in- injecting a little bit of this uh, violin or the fiddle or whichever it was into uh into this popular music at the time. Yeah, see, I was classically trained. You know, I was doing Fritz Kreisler, who you <laughs> you, you don't need to know who that is, but <laughs> no, I'm sorry. all these etudes, all these studies. And then the producer of that song said, let's get some blue, why don't you do some bluegrass? Because I guess they wanted to mm-hmm. show off the fact that I just wasn't another wannabe pop star that I could actually, you know, had some musical training. So, um, yeah, so I played the... The, the, of course, when I hear that song now, I, I hear all the you – because know, the double thing, you know, when you're doing the Fritz Chrysler, you only play one note, but they had me doing two. And, of course, I hear the one that's a bit flat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> ever the perfectionist, Richard, ever the perfectionist. Do you still pull out the uh, violin every now and then now? Only if I'm having an extraordinarily late night with way too much to drink and someone puts on – you know, a John Mellencamp album, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> yes, I love I love those parties where music comes out at the end of it. Someone sits down at the piano, someone gets the violin, and I'm sure that you've you know you've been, had a few of those in the times. Can you remember some amazing parties where something that's a night it's ended sort of like that? Well, I'm going to have to drop a name here. Please Sometimes do. That's when... what we're looking for that. I'll get my um, wicket keeper's gloves on, ready to catch it. Let's go, Richard. <laughs> Sometimes when Chris Isaac comes over. Oh, yes. <laughs> San Francisco at, Days, great album. He sits down at this dining table down here and he'll sometimes say, Richard, he's such a beautiful guy. Richard, I need to go and can I go and tune your guitar for you? <laughs> so, and he'll come out and sit down and, and I don't know, play, play some beautiful old uh, Roy Orbison song or something. Aww. That is absolutely incredible. That's yeah, fantastic. No, I, I love that. But I don't, you know, I I gave it some of the best years of my life and I now I choose to leave it to the experts. But it was a it was a great time. And that's that's the nice thing about this little project where it does sort of because I've never really seen all these songs in, in one kind of bundle, if that makes sense. You know, because there was the stuff in New Zealand, then I came here and mm. with the band, and then I then the band sort of fell to bits and I did some Couple more on my own, and and but to have have it all bundled up is, um, you know, I I kind of ran for it when they when they said they were going to do it. I, I went, oh, that's stupid, you know, why would you want to do that? And but my kids and and my partner and everybody said, no, you you need to embrace this because it's not going to happen again. You Absolutely, know? And, totally. Well, it is called the Wild Years, the album from Richard Wilde, as you were known at the time. You give people their money's worth, 19 tracks, for which you've written liner notes as well, Richard. Is there any stories or any things that came to mind in those liner notes that really you enjoyed reminiscing about? 
The last song I ever did was a song called Second Time Around. Second Time Around. Produced by a guy called Dave Skinner, played with Roxy Music Guys and Phil Manzanier, and a beautiful guy, English guy. He wrote the song, produced it, Tommy and Matt. I always had great players, thankfully, you know, either in my band or in, this, in the studio band. Tommy Emanuel was playing guitars, a guy called Jeff Oakes, who played sax with Cold Chisel and Rene Gayer and everybody. Um, just a really hot studio session band. Anyway, we recorded the song second time around, and we th I thought, I thought, wow, this, you know, I wrote the B-side because the B-side gets the same royalties as the A-side. You know? <laughs> now, um, that's thinking. That's, that's experience, people. That's what you need to do. But, but uh, the, the record company remixed it and they cut all the saxes out and they slowed it down and they turned it into a techno track and they released it and it was a, <laughs> it did, nothing happened, you know. And, I was, and they wanted to shoot a video and I said I, I, I was so dejected and so disappointed but that effectively, you know, curtailed my, um, you know, burgeoning uh, career as a would-be pop star. But mm. the nice thing for me, I'll wrap the story up, is when this thing came along, I managed to contact Dave Skinner, who's living in the Blue Mountains. And 40 years later, I said, have you got the, you, you wouldn't have a copy of the thing, would you? And he said, what are you writing? And uh, But anyway, three days later, he said, I found a cassette no. in a little old leather suitcase in my basement. And he sent it to me and he said, I've given it a bit of a polish and a, a bit of a smile. And he says it's, he said it still sounds pretty good. The record oh, label said oh. So anyway, that's, that's, the, that's the version that we've put on this thing. So oh, for me, wow. you know, the second time around was my last time around, but now it's being heard for the first time. And dare I say it sounds okay. You know, <laughs> Better than the original. If they'd released that version, what would have happened? Oh, that must feel so good to have it finally out there. It's on streaming right. platforms uh, as of tomorrow. You were able to catch Richard Wilde, The Wild Years, as well as, you know, the physical CD release as well. You're doing vinyl as well, Richard, for a I few think, of the... I um... think we're doing everything. They're even doing T-shirts. Go figure. Oh, yes. You know? oh, amazing. We'll have to rock. You'll have to send us a couple. We'll uh, rock them on the pod one day. I think they'll be available at a heavily reduced price. For you guys. <laughs> See what we can do. Richard, it's um, been so good chatting well, to you. Well, 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 it has been good chatting to you, Richard, but um, oh. well, Alex Dyson, are you just going to let this let this fly or what? No, I was going to say so nice chatting to you, Richard, because you're such a nice dude. I enjoy your company so much, which is why it's oh. so surprising that five years ago <laughs> in a gold-class movie theatre when we were in the same room watching a movie... We ordered some chips. The only one that came to the cinema landed in front of you, Richard. Matt contends well, that you put your hand up. I, th I think you motioned to, for them to bring them over to you, okay? But I, I, I couldn't believe I that. It. You're too nice a dude, but did you steal our chips five years ago? And are you a serial chip stealer? I, I, wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't use the word serial. Because <laughs> it's not something you do every day. If you know. No. But, but when you're sitting in a cinema, gold class, the lights are down, you're watching a movie, mm -hmm. good, bad, or and, you know, the waiter or waitress or whatever it is comes in 
and you get a whiff of, you know, something that resembles the smell of hot chips. And they and you're sitting down the front and, and the person says, did you order the hot chips? What are you going to say? Oh, no. Oh, what are you going to say? Oh, my God. Are you telling me? A confession like this is has this... not been seen since the staircase. Well, see, the ultimate defense of the judge, what would you have done? And the judge would say, <laughs> I would have taken the hot chips. So, wow. you know, I... I, I I had a reasonable doubt, but I think any any jury would see that clear as day now, Richard. This is incredible. You're not even there is no remorse in your actions whatsoever. <laughs> when it comes to hot chips, there is no remorse. No, no remorse. Oh my it's, God. it's game on with the hot chip. But I have, but I have tried to, but I have done something knowing that we were going to be doing this chat. So what's that? I think well. Is there something? Is there somebody knocking at your what is door? Bron is bringing, oh, what have what? you brought in? You organised for some hot chips? Oh, you're you kidding! You brought it, Richard. Where are my chips? The Richard Wilkins redemption no. arc Where is are complete. My chips? Don't get me now. <laughs> this is very the sort good. Of guy you're dealing with. Oh, they're a little well, bit then, cold now. Okay. But this is, Richard, this you're a good dude. Is for me. I always knew you'd had it in there. Thank you well, very we're here much. for a good time. Here for a hot chip time, you know what That's I mean? That's it. Get, check out the wild years. Richard. Just guard your plate <laughs> if you're ever eating a Palmer and chippies across the table from Richard Wilkins. Uh, but he'll sort you out in the end. He's good for it. Thank uh, you, Richard. Uh, you're an absolute legend. Guys, Thank you, Richard. Thank <laughs> you Thanks, so boys. much. You. Congrats on work. the release. We love you too. Cheers, mate, and all the best. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, well, who would have guessed that we would not only get a confession, but a bit of restitution from Richard Wilkins. Wow. I'm I'm nomming the chips now. They've cooled down a little bit wherever Richard sent them from, but I tell you what, what a what a what a title. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting <laughs> expecting Richard. Well, he, that's fine. You can enjoy your chips, but I'm out here <laughs> high and dry. Okay, <laughs> feeling cheated and chipless. So maybe this vendetta isn't entirely over, but I'll let it lie for now. Suddenly I'm a, I'm a Richard fan and Matt <laughs> yeah, exactly. still holds resentment. You're going to be playing the wild years on your drive home. I'm going to be bop. That is what the kids <laughs> in the 70s would call a bop. Matt O'Kine, uh, Richard Wilde here for a good time. Well, it's been great hanging out with you today. Thank you again to Richard Wilkins for joining us on the show today. And uh, we're going to be seeing you with a big show tomorrow. Mr. Reese Nicholson is going to be joining us ahead of the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Uh, the judge with the most, uh, he's going to be having a chat to us about uh, all things drag and Ru. Absolutely cannot wait. One of the funniest people I know. Going to be chatting to Reese tomorrow. We'll catch you tomorrow then. See you later. Bye-bye. Listener.